I'm Jacob Tender. I'm Mike Comite. And welcome back to Bantha Fodder. What episode are we on? 31? 30? That sounds about right. Okay, I'll take that. I'm not even going to go into the uh, fact that we that we have just re- not recorded in so long or not put anything out in a while. I'm just going to skip over that. We'll save that for a different episode that we were planning on recording today. Yeah, this morning you're like, hey, script's done. I'm like, oh, cool. Are you watching the celebration panel? And I was like, no, I don't. I, what is what is this celebration panel you're referring to? What do you mean by that? Yeah, and I'm like, well, you know, J.J. Abrams and, and Kathy Kennedy are going to be on stage. Kathy, you guys are on close terms now? Yeah, we're real tight. You know those really cool Star Wars t-shirts that she wears? I send her every single one of those. The Bantha Fodder one? Oh, I should send her one. She probably has her mail screened, I think. Like, you know, she probably just has, like... She's probably getting anthrax in the mail sometimes from from trolls. Anthrax sometimes. That's that's a title. Anthrax sometimes, the name of my next album. Right. So they had this panel today, and you know they've done these before. They can't have all of these people on stage and not show a teaser for the movie that they're talking about. No, especially they can't just keep calling it Star Wars Episode Nine either. Like you know, it's, it's Star Wars Celebration. They're talking about the movie that's about to come out, and just like on the, all the the jumbotrons around them, it just says Star Wars Episode Nine around them, like. Come on, like just call it what it is. And I haven't been following a lot from Celebration this year. I, it is unfortunate that we didn't get to go. I was thinking about that this morning because, uh, you know, a couple years back when they announced Celebration in Chicago, I'm like, oh, we could easily go to that. And here we are uh, in our respective apartments recording about Celebration from home. Yeah, weird that this podcast didn't blow up like we thought it would. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, not having not followed too much of Celebration, uh, I don't know, like, what kind of promotional materials really they've had floating around the conference. But I did see a cool video of this like 88 foot long mural that they have hanging in the conference center. It's amazing. And it just has, uh, you know, it's like Struzan style um, paintings of all of the different Star Wars movies. And they, at the very end of it, where episode nine is supposed to be, they've just had a big black curtain hanging over top of it. So I had a feeling I'm like, okay, it's celebration. They're having a panel. All these people are here. They have this painting that obviously has a bunch of characters on it that we're mm-hmm. not allowed to see yet. So, yes, there is going to be a trailer. This is what I have to do this morning. So, sorry, Mike. We're going to have to delay that episode just a little bit longer. That's okay. And you know why? Because as you'll find out when we get through this episode, and when you hear the next episode we want to put out, it's going to add a depth to that conversation that we did that we would not have had otherwise. In totally unexpected ways. We had no idea. And who could have ever called it? Man, okay, so let's just get into it. Let's just talk about it. We're going to talk about the trailer that just came out probably half an, half an hour ago, maybe like 45 minutes ago. I don't know. But it's, it's for Star Wars Episode Nine. Jake, what is the title of this movie? Let me fast forward two minutes into the trailer and see. Oh, yes. The movie is called The Rise of Skywalker. Is it just Rise or The Rise? Not that this matters. It's The Rise of Skywalker. So, and this is something that people have already been texting me about. What is the acronym for this? Is it, is it Ross or Tross? Tross. Is it? Because for The Empire Strikes Back, do you call it T-E-S-B. You're right. I call it I call it ESB. Yeah. As our, as friend of the show Bobby Darling has pointed out, the Phantom Menace is often referred to as TPM, not PM. That's true. So it is a little confusing. That is very true. Wow. I didn't think about it. Okay, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have theories on this? Well, I, my my prediction was that it was going to be uh, the Knights of Ren. But yeah, this is. I mean. It makes a lot of sense if we're talking about like they're they're very much during the panel they were like this is the end of the Skywalker saga, 
you know, this is the end of it, which I really hope it just stays the end. I don't want any more after this. I know. I can't take any more. My heart can't take any more of this. <laughs> well, it feels it feels good, I think, to have some finality to it. I think we wanted a sequel saga forever. Like, we wanted to know what happened after the original saga. And what we got was the prequel saga. And whether you like it or not, they exist and they're fine. But what we wanted was something that came after. We wanted to know what happened next. And we got that. And I think when this is over... I think we have love for these new characters. And, you know, I I wonder, like, 20 years down the line, are we going to be wanting more from these characters? Or are we okay with what we're going to get? That's that's what I'm, like, most anticipating and most anxious about with Episode 9. It's, are we going to... How are we going to feel at the end of this? Because the trailer looks amazing. And obviously, we don't know <laughs> exactly what we're getting. It's a teaser trailer. It's meant to amp us up. But... It looks incredible, and it looks like it's going to be a really good film. And I'm hoping that there will be some sort of finality to it that will be satisfying for not only in new characters that we've had in this third arc, but for the whole arc in itself. I think that if you look at the entire Star Wars saga, like prequels, original trilogy, and sequel trilogy, we have to look at it as like a blip in the existence of this universe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I say blip in uh, the kind of the term that we use when we used to talk about that show, a Netflix maniac. Like, remember, a blip is like an instance or like an incident that he has. Mm-hmm. I think of this as a blip in the greater scheme of the Star Wars universe. Because we learned in The Last Jedi that the war, war is always going. War is never ending. As long as war profiteers exist, it's happening. And that was, that was one of the many takeaways that we took from Last Jedi. Um, and so I feel like no matter what, at the end of this, there's always going to be conflict at the end of this trilogy. Like the war is not going to be over much like it wasn't over at the end of return of the Jedi. I think that this is truly going to be the end of a, of this, like, like it says the rise of Skywalker. Like, so what does that mean? This probably means the balance of the force. And as we're going to get into towards the end of this, we're going to see why the force definitely still needs to be balanced after all this which is just still blowing my mind. Ah, oh, I haven't been this excited about something in a long time. Isn't that sad? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I don't think that's entirely true, though. You've had a lot of other cool things going on lately. But so, okay, the rise of Skywalker. What can this mean? Like, mm. let's let's not hedge our bets. But I I don't want to like. I'm not going to commit any, to anything here because the titles they're often pretty nebulous. You know, like I I think even having seen the Last Jedi. I don't know. I still question exactly what the title of that movie means in in the context of the movie that we've actually seen. Didn't they settle it? They said that Luke was the last Jedi. Okay. I think they said that. But we we still have Rey, who has Jedi texts. The whole premise of that was that she was going to be something new. So in this one, we have the rise of Skywalker. What Skywalkers do we have remaining? I know. That's why I'm really nervous. Like, I don't want new characters. I mean, we, we're getting new characters. <laughs> I just yeah. give me more of the same. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be that close-minded. No, I do want new characters. But, like, Rise of Skywalker, if it means that Luke is resurrected, if it means that he's not dead, if it means that the, the name Skywalker is redeemed. So you, you don't necessarily think that it's the, that the name is attached to an actual character in the film. Like, it's not going to reveal... A new Skywalker. It's not going to reveal that somebody that we've already known for a while is a Skywalker. Oh my God. If they turn it around, uh, I will be so <laughs> mad. Well, no, because I mean, Kylo Ren is a Skywalker. To a degree. Yeah. Leia is his mother and she was a Skywalker. Yeah, but his name is Solo. His name's Ben Solo. So this is, this is one of the conversations hey, in, I had before we even started recording. What's in a name, Jake? I, I know, but like the rise of Skywalker, does this mean the redemption of Kylo Ren? 
Yes. I think it means the redemption of the name of Skywalker. I, I can't even speculate on it. I'm getting ahead of myself because normally aren't I the one that's in check with speculation? The one that's like, I don't want to speculate any of this because I'm no fun, <laughs> right? Isn't that kind of my, my shtick? I think we wa- I think we both waffle back and forth on yeah. who's the most pragmatic and and, <laughs> and who has the crazy theories. There's no point in, in speculating. Oh, man. But what? Yeah, I mean, what if? Oh, there's so many what ifs that we're going to get to do. Like, what if? Let's just dig into this trailer. Let's get into it. That's the fun part. It's the part that's got us excited. I think it's it's still a little too early to speculate on too much because we've only just seen it. But I want to be sure that we capture these initial reactions since we're available on a Friday afternoon. What do we get at the beginning? We start off with Lucasfilm Limited with some heavy breathing. And uh, we got some nice little uh, strings kind of dancing in the background. And then we cut to Ray, which makes me think um, about the how we met Finn in the teaser for uh, Force Awakens. You know, exactly. Sand, heavy breathing. Cut to his face. You know, like it was a, a bit more jarring. But I think you know this, they're just trying to ease us into this trailer. They don't want to really freak us out. If I also remember correctly, the cut to Finn came after some stuff like "Do you feel it?" or something like that. Yeah, we started getting that the first like Snoke voiceover. Um, which is similar to what we get here, too. Mm, yeah, I guess. All right, so we have Daisy Ridley as Rey wearing the same garb that she's pretty much had for The Force Awakens. I mean, they are just they look like cloths just draped around her, um, you know, whatever. Uh, standing in a desert looks a little bit more mountainous than Jakku, a little less sandy than Tatooine. I really couldn't say, because I thought Jakku was Tatooine at first. I really don't know. Hey, on this, uh, on this outfit that she has, is it a little bit different? Like... Somebody pointed out on Twitter this afternoon that she she has a hood, kind of like Leia's really thin hood in A New Hope. Was that on the original costume? It reminds me more of like Padme's outfit in episode two. I think um, it's but- a good combo of all of them. It's got like the, the cross sashes look across the front from, from Rey's original uniform. But in later shots, you know, the midriff of it, although it's not a crop top or a, a whatever, uh, what do they call it, tube top, like Natalie Portman had in... Uh, in Attack of the Clones, it's very similar to that. And also the armbands, for sure. But it also kind of has like a little bit of Leia in there, which I think is cool. Yeah, definitely a nice synthesis. Um, so then we pan down, and we have this lightsaber right down on her waist. What is that? Well, she she did say during the panel this afternoon that the lightsaber that was given to her by Luke lives on. Um, it looks pretty well put back together after being ripped in half. That's pretty cool. So it, it pans down to her waist, and she pulls the lightsaber off of it, uh, her, her little holster thingy, and we have a voiceover starting. What does that voiceover say? We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. And that sounds like Luke. It is. That is Luke. So... My thought here, okay, a thousand generations of Jedi, and you're basically all that's left, and that's all fine and dandy, but this fight is yours. Like, what what's happening right now is, is on you, and perhaps it's personal. So this is a now between Kylo Ren and her. Because there's really no Jedi to save now. Like, it's just you. <laughs> Which must be scary. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure for her. Um, but is that what Luke is saying, that no pressure? 
Like, like, listen, like, this is like, we're not, no one's telling you to fight Kylo Ren right now. Like, this is your, this is your thing that you're taking upon yourself. Hmm. We, the pronoun we is actually really interesting to me in this. And again, it's all speculation, but he's saying, we've passed on all we know. In the moment of this dialogue, as it's occurring in the film, because this is undoubtedly patchwork uh, that they're doing right now. It may not even be in the film. Don't forget that that first Snoke trailer, half that dialogue wasn't in the movie. You know, I, I feel like there's there could be some interesting, you know, stuff going on with, in terms of like maybe she's being talked to by more than one Force ghost at once, like a Yoda, maybe an Obi Wan appearance. Ooh, if we get an Ewan McGregor Force ghost, that'd be tough. <laughs> I'm fully giving myself to excitement on this one. Are you guys happy? Are you, are you listeners happy that I'm finally excited about this? Would you have thought that there was an Obi Wan that there could possibly be an Obi Wan appearance if not for the end of this trailer? Uh, I guess we'll get to it, but I haven't even thought about Obi-Wan until this moment of us discussing it. So, so no. Um, so Ray here is in the middle of whatever this desert is, and she's waiting for something and that something starts to come over the horizon. You hear immediately a TIE fighter. It's a cool looking TIE fighter too. This, I mean, it's, it's reminiscent of the interceptor. I'm not as familiar with the first order names or anything but this yeah looks... i'm sure they have a bunch of different names now but this looks like i mean it's not it, it could be like an interceptor advanced model it's coming straight at her and so then she turns and she starts to run and man it's just incredible like i'm watching this in slow-mo and i'm so pissed off at this this christmas slide like it just it fades in. I I don't I don't need to see the whole scene. I know this is a teaser, but just give me like three more frames. Yeah, three more frames would be incredible. Like when you slow it down, you see her scarf is is kind of trailing underneath of her, and it doesn't look like it's gonna clear it. Wouldn't that be a terrible end to Ray? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she's gonna get it? <laughs> oh man, it looks so cool. The ship. It's got this red. I'm I'm watching it. The frames back and forth here. And it's got this red hue to it. And I wonder if that's like heat shielding from like an atmospheric entry or something like that, just from being so hot. Yeah. Oh, man, it's cool. It definitely looks a little bit more souped up than a, than an Interceptor model. A little sleeker. Yeah, it's been a long time. Like all of the First Order ships are a little bit, a little bit faster, a little bit cooler. But I love this. It's a really cool look for a ship. And man, the palette. The palette at like 0107, if you're watching the trailer. This is an yeah. amazing palette. I, I oh, just, my God. I love yes. it. The sunset just reflecting on the ties, like, what do you call that? Uh, windshield? <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so pretty. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's not dreary desert looking here. It's like very, just, we got a blue, we got the orange, we got the, the kind of the yellow, we got the white of Ray and the clouds doing a backflip onto a TIE fighter. And, like, what's going to happen? Oh, God. This yeah. Christmas. Thank you so much, Disney. For reinforcing <laughs> the Christian tradition here. This Jesus's birthday, once again. We're not only uh, giving you a new Star Wars movie, we're also giving you a new streaming service with a new Star Wars TV show. Yeah. What a year. Oh, man. Okay, so she does a backflip. Ray, the, the running scene reminds me of a deleted scene from that we saw when Last Jedi was coming out. Do you remember that scene of Ray running with the lightsaber? That never made it into the film. Did you ever watch the deleted scenes from Last Jedi where that actually occurs at all? No, you know, I I haven't bought that movie on Blu-ray yet, so I haven't watched any of the special features. Isn't that crazy? That is weird. I got a digital download, like, right away, but... Oh, a digital download, as opposed to an analog download. But this is also confirmation that, yes, this is uh, this is the Anakin lightsaber. 
Um, it is a blue lightsaber. So, yep, Anakin lightsaber is back in business. She has put it back together. We also got from the panel, they confirmed that it's some time has passed since Last Jedi, so we're not doing like a straight uh, Force Awakens to Last Jedi crossover, which is, again, I think when we recap at the end of this, we'll, we'll talk our general thoughts and feelings about it, but I think it's just, you know, a smart, not a smart move, but it, it is a calculated move on the part of on the part of Lucasfilm, Disney, everybody. And I don't think they specified how much time. I, I think... No, they didn't. Stephen Colbert, who was the sort of the the arbiter of the conversation the the host so as it were he asked didn't get an answer he asked a second question to see if he could get a little more juice got nothing um I th- what did he ask he asked uh daisy ridley if ray's character had time to read the books that she stole from the jedi library <laughs> and uh she's like she might have started them <laughs> pretty big not much different than mike no, I have a hard time reading them too. Maybe she takes that. <laughs> Maybe her and I are a lot more similar than I thought. Um, okay, so after after this Christmas, we get some beautiful uh, strings. Just that uh, that's Leia's theme. And we have a planet that looks a lot uh, like that planet from Rogue One. Do you remember it? Oh, the the rainy planet where uh, yeah, the where, so was working. Yeah, where he bites it. Yeah, Edu. That's interesting. I thought this looked like uh, like the ship was flying into um, the the spaceport for the Disney land that they're building in California and in Florida. That'd be a great plug. But yeah. we're here at this place. <laughs> it does look like it. I mean, you don't really get to see a whole lot because it is in like a, a rainy area with the same kind of terrain that we do see in Rogue One. So that's a good pull. I I don't think I would have thought of that immediately. And the ship looks, it's not an A-wing, I don't think. It has two engines similar to what we'd see in an A-wing, but I don't think it's the right shape. It's got the center cockpit, too. You know, it could be. We do see an A-wing later on. So, I mean, it could be an A-wing. doesn't look exactly like one. There's also, um, in the comics, I don't know if you've been following them, uh, Poe has replaced his X-wing, because the comics are now past Last Jedi. They've picked up after The Last Jedi. And uh, which is, I thought, really interesting and also gave a lot of way in terms of where this next movie is going to end up. Um, not a lot of way, but gave enough away um, to where we could understand that. And he has a new ship that I have not dug into yet on what kind of ship it is, but it is not an X-Wing and it is not an A-Wing, but it resembles what we're seeing here. So this could be Poe's new Starfighter. We don't know for sure because we don't know anything for sure. It looks like an A-Wing to me. You think an A-Wing? Okay, well, I, yeah. I do think we do see an A-Wing later on, so it would make sense. An A-Wing is my favorite ship in the Star Wars universe, so keep that in mind. I would be an A-Wing pilot. They're, they're agile little things. If I know anything from uh, my limited experience in Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, they're weak <laughs> in terms of shielding and very exposed as a, as a pilot. That cockpit is a lot of exposure, but they are very fast, and I like being fast. Um, okay, so then we get Kylo Ren running through a red forest. Surprise, red uh body slamming a dude just giving him a good old choke slam yeah and have you if you kind of zoomed in on uh the the person that he's he's taken out here when i first watched the trailer i i didn't really pay attention to the body that he was attacking i thought he was attacking a stormtrooper i'm like oh that's interesting that's more than i thought they'd show looking back though he's definitely not wearing any white armor it's like a a leathery combo Looks like a native to, like, I would assume a native of whatever planet they're infiltrating. Maybe someone that, because a lot of the comics now at post Last Jedi, it's about the resistance, the remaining resistance members trying to find more allies, really. And so 
I imagine that this is Kylo Ren just searching for people. And but I really, what I love about this takedown, this choke slam, if you will, um, is that it looks like the hilt of you know how Kylo Ren's lightsaber has the exhaust pipes on the side of it that shoot out something. Like it looks like he's using that as like a at a right angle into him. So he's not like he's stabbing him sideways with the lightsaber and then pinning him into the ground, which I think is just a really funny move. Oh yeah, I mean he's kind of hitting him with the hilt. It's yeah. not so much the blade, it's he's just hitting him with the hilt. That's interesting. So we get the body slam, red forest, kind of like Jakui colors, but definitely not a Jakui terrain. But more about the palette here, right? We we have like this the beautiful, it's not so much yellow this time around on this deserty planet in the first shot. It's a really like nice desert gradient with with almost like a peachy sand and actual blues in the sky. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's it's maybe one of my all-time favorite like movie palettes i I love that it it was similar in um in some shots in the last jedi they had some absolutely incredible palettes but this fades uh in the shot where she's jumping over the cruiser it gets a little bit darker and you see more of the sky and that's really cool great shot and then they go straight the trailer goes straight into that blue and that blue goes straight into that red it's just an Mm -hmm. awesome juxtaposition of these beautiful beautiful colors and I, i just can't get over it i just i love how these movies look cut to the from the body slam to it looks like welding torches of some sort yeah kylo ren is somebody is putting back kylo ren's helmet together you know yeah somebody had a take on twitter that this actually kind of ruins what's a, a really really incredible moment in one of the earlier films where he smashes his helmet you know it's like this really emotional moment which was evocative of the, his grandfather and all these you know these different elements that string through kylo ren's story um he smashes it in a fit of rage and and now it's being put back together and what is the meaning of that? Does it does it diminish that that really heated moment, or is it indicative of maybe some sort of turn that's gonna come around? Like who is fixing this thing up? We we look at it, and I think somebody I, I read thought that Kylo Ren was fixing his own shit. I don't think that <laughs> would probably happen. Well, the hands are very hairy. If you look, it's not a Wookie hand, and I don't really know that. The Empire employs like other like hairy species besides humans, really, right? I mean, that's really not something we see that often. Um, so who would be fixing it? I don't know. Probably somebody played by Warwick Davis. <laughs> who knows? Um, but I, I will say that um, I feel like the helmet is pretty much like it's to me. It's kind of a boring representation, uh, reflection of of Kylo Ren's mental state at the time. You know, like. First movie, he's parading around thinking he's hot shit and thinking he's the man. Second movie, he gets told off by Snoke and smashes the helmet. And you're thinking like, oh, he's really going to buck the trend here. And it gives us hope that him and Ray are going to, you know, uh, work together. And they do work together. And then it turns out, you know, after he tells Ray that her family is nothing and, and that she was just space trash. And, you know, we see that he's actually the bad guy. He just wants the power. Like the helmet is just that representation. Like, oh, it's he's back to his old like power. He's the bad guy again. You know, don't don't hope for a turn. And this one is what I'm thinking. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't have a lot to say on that. I don't think I have anything interesting to add. Well, it's it's interesting that they, all these helmets keep living. Yeah. You know, Darth <laughs> Vader's helmet. We got Kylo Ren's helmet. Yeah. A lot of things don't die. The redness of this helmet, though, it reflects a lot of what we see in that TIE fighter shot earlier on. If you look at that kind of weird, kind of like dark interceptor with kind of like red highlights coming throughout the whole thing. So I feel like that's very like stylistically similar to this helmet, the way this helmet is kind of with like the redness or all the seams of the helmet being put back together are mm. following that. We get a nice shot of, of, uh, our 
two favorite guys in the whole series, man. Yeah, foe. Foe, pin, whatever you want to call their their romance here, their ship. What do you call it? Like the the, the, the shipping name, you know, just. Which they talked about during the panel too. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> like there was just like Oscar Isaac was just, just playing into that so hard. Just like, just being like, well, after this war is over, like he's going to need something to focus on, you know? And he looks dead in the eyes of uh, John Boyega. He plays <laughs> Finn in this. It's just like very much, I want, I want this romance to happen. I'm very into their characters. The shot is very, uh, it, it looks like a promo shot for U2 or something, though. It's such a short clip. It's just to make sure that they're in the trailer. It's the one shot that looked kind of cool that they were able to stitch into this teaser reel. It, it kind of illustrates that they're going to be in this together, which is something that echoes what was said in the panel, which is that our heroes are going to be journeying on this together. This is not extrapolation. This is directly what was said in the panel, is, which is that you know they're, they're going to be going on a journey together in this, rather than, I think, the contrast of The Last Jedi, where we had everybody kind of doing their own separate things, like parts of a machine split up. Um, this one, we're going to be seeing see, like the unit, like a well-oiled unit put together and working in, in, in different ways. And obviously they will go on their own separate journeys because that's just what people do in Star Wars movies. That's what they've always done. But, you know, just being able to see these two characters on screen again for more than five seconds would, would be nice. I'm not saying we're going to get it, but it would be nice. Finn is holding Ray's staff here. Yes. I was looking at that too. I was just about to say that. Um, and when he, and I will say that Finn is not wearing Poe's jacket. Neither is Poe. Right. So where's that jacket? That's really important to me, at least. <laughs> yeah. Who, who got that? Who Somebody was left it, it on the, the Falcon. Movie? Did he put it on Ray at the end? Maybe. Hey, nice to meet you. You haven't worn this yet. <laughs> uh, we get kind of a funny look from BB-8, who I love. And uh, this new wheel droid thing who looks like like a piece of BB-8 broke off and they made him. Yeah. I already forgot his name. I, I couldn't even tell you. Not a chance. He was announced at the thing. And, uh, oh, Dio. His name's Dio. Yeah, he's cute. I mean, he's like a, oh, looks, he kind of looks like the profile looks like, uh, what's that one character from Mystery Science Seer 3000? I've, I've never watched it. Oh, well, he kind of looks like, uh, Crow, I think maybe. I know who you're talking about. He's like made of like a, like a scoop or something like that. He's made of like a toy. Yeah. And he also kind of looks like the Pixar mascot. Yeah, he looks like a probe, like the top, like the landing capsule, or like the from the Apollo missions or whatever. <laughs> That's what his head looks like. It's like if somebody turned Luxo or Luxo Junior's head around and painted it green, and then stuck him on a wheel. Looks like a birdie from badminton without the little yeah. ball on the end of it <laughs> with those antenna. Yeah, it's it like does. if you took a bowling pin and cut the midsection out. What else could we do? Come on, let's keep going. Like this is a, whose line is it anyway thing. So in this very, 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 very short shot that we get of the two of these people, or two of these droids, are they are they cocking their heads like dogs do, or is this a synchronized dance? Uh, not a synchronized dance. They're definitely, I mean, again, this is probably just a shot that's not going to be in the movie, uh, but it's funny. It looks like they're looking at something weird, which I could see like two characters kissing. I could see something awkward happening and them just kind of craning their necks at it. It's just funny how synchronized it is. Like the, the motions are fully locked into each other. They they are in some sort of workshop, it seems. Behind there, it looks like there's some kind of armor. I don't know if that's Good eye. Um, pieces of a droid or if that's some sort of other armor. Maybe they're with that group of um, locals or natives that end up fighting Kylo Ren. We're just going to throw stuff out here in the hopes that something sticks. Yeah, so we can say <laughs> in the end, I was right. I've got my video effects panel up here so I can uh, 
increase oh, the, the sharpness yeah. and the lightness. Well, you did a great job last time when we did the Last Jedi analysis uh, for the, tr- the teaser because you were able to see stuff in that tree, I guess, that it ended up being a tree, like the books and everything on the shelf, and you kind of made things a lot clearer. Oh, yeah, I was able to pull out some more of that. Uh, and then we got a beautiful shot again of Chewie and uh, undoubtedly Lando Calrissian, right? I can say that with certainty, right? Because they do a front shot right afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. A head-on shot. Yeah, we get him in the pilot seat. It's uh, just Chewie and Lando going through hyperspace. Which is cool. I, I like that. Like, who else is going to pilot the Falcon, you know? Nia Nub? Nia Nub. Yeah, that's true. Um, Lando looks absolutely thrilled to be in this, as he was thrilled at, at Celebration in that panel. Like, he yeah. was just so stoked. And I was remarking to him, like, it's so nice that he feels the need to defend Lando Calrissian. <laughs> You know, I could see, like, actors stepping into roles, they don't defend, you know, like, they don't have to think about the role usually after they take it, you know, like, I I imagine that, like, some Game of Thrones characters have to, like, comment on their role a lot, but, like, it's so funny that, like, 40 years later, he's, he's still, like, well, you know, like, people tell, people say that Lando's a betrayer, but he's not a betrayer. Yeah, it's clear that he knows this character well, and the shot is a perfect recreation of the shot where Billy Dee Williams is celebrating in the falcon i mean he looks older but man he he just he it looks perfect i'm really excited for the look and you know maybe we could argue about the the outfit that he's wearing um it looks rather reminiscent of the han solo movie that just came out yeah well and what he wore on cloud city too like it's just his cartoon character's outfit you likened it to steve jobs outfit yeah i mean he found something that's comfortable and i think it's fine he's got like the yellow the yellow shirt on though which is very evocative of the the solo movie that we just got with uh with donald glover in the role it's funny because it just strikes me as somebody going back to their closet and like it like i imagine he hasn't worn it in a long ass time and he just pulls it out he's like yep this is it still fits still fits (laughs) kind of like kind of the production still they showed during the celebration panel was not flattering i don't think he looked great like cute but like Uh, not it looked like somebody in a halloween costume yeah man i want to i want to find those stills they had some really nice stills in that panel they had some cool pictures and then the next panel which is a relief to me the saga comes to an end when we started this podcast we started it with the idea that for as long as we live and longer, there would be new Star Wars films, new new episodes in the Skywalker saga or in the greater adventure that we've been following so far. Um, now we get sort of a a hint of finality, which is interesting. And I I don't know really quite how to feel about it because, you know, I, I love this saga and I, I like these new characters and I would love to see more from them, but maybe it's time. And I, I mean, I have to think that you're right at the time that we started the show. I, I think we definitely posited that there's just going to always be new Star Wars movies. But I do think we will get these episodic movies. Like now I'd like to make an amendment to that and just say like we are, this is the end of Star Wars movies, episodically speaking. We won't have to deal with this Star Wars Skywalker saga, hopefully any longer. Not that I mean, like, I'm just happy to have a finished story, you know? Yeah, no, I know you don't mean that it's a chore. Like I, people might think you might think it's a chore. No, I think it's it's that it's been it's been really good, and it's if this ends the way that we hope and feel that it might, it'll end on a on a high note, which is what we want. And then uh, I guess a, a chase looks like on looks like a similar planet to what we see in the opening shot. I mean, you have to assume it's desert type, same palette, so probably not changing planets on this one. We got moisture evaporators. Oh, really? 
you think it's Tatooine? I'm not saying it's Tatooine, but I, I, it looks like they've got things to collect moisture. Yeah, I mean, there's farms on all types of planets, so you have to assume there's moisture farming on a dry planet. I gotta say, this speeder, it looks pretty cool. It looks it looks sort of like the speeders from The Last Jedi on Crate, but I'm a little disappointed that they're not pod racers. <laughs> That's what I call <laughs> pod racing. Um, they look like, uh, I, I mean, I can't really see what the, the troopers, those look like stormtroopers, clone troopers. They look like clone troopers almost, if you slow it down enough. You talking about the ones that are like blasting through the air with jetpacks? They're jetpacks, yes. Oh, they, man. Yes. And there's one guy in a speeder bike downstairs. You know, we got that him going around the explosion, which I think is kind of cool. Man, we haven't seen jetpacks in Star Wars in a long time. No, we haven't since the Boba Fett days. And those were always my favorite characters to play in any of the video games. If I had to play for the Empire, I was always whoever had the jetpack or the jump pack. All right. So on one of this, I mean, whether or not this is the same chase scene, we don't know. But we get we cut now to Oscar Isaac and Finn and 3PO on... It looks like a different speeder, some other type of vehicle, all kind of just like hanging on for dear life and just, you know, doing whatever they're doing. They're uh, presumably escaping from something. There are laser blasts heading past them. Look at the back of the ship, though. There's like kind of like palm fronds on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of cool to point out. It looks like it looks like a pirate ship, like like a three PO is holding on to a mast. <laughs> there do seem to be rigs. Of some yeah, kind. right behind them. Yeah, they look like there's some kind of tethers to hold the mast up. It's kind of cool. It's like very nautical uh, looking. and But also it has that little... It reminds me of Ray's thing that she flies in uh, the beginning on Jakku with like she has that... They have that little netting on the side of it in the front. Yeah. Kinda like holding something in place. Like it looks like a scavenging ship. Some kind of junky speeder. A little more well used than the one that Luke had in A New Hope. But I, I like it. And I, I like all of the ship designs that they've had in the saga. I think they've all been really true to the planets that they live on you know very worn like this one has rust and paint that looks like it's it like they make it look like it, it's not only been painted and then well used but that it's perhaps been repainted and then reused more like it, it, they go through so much detail next shot we get your a-wing oh my god and it's I, so good i think <laughs> it, that's that's fully an a-wing 100 okay. percent a-wing oh yeah you, you you can see a still frame with the sun and it's uh yeah that's an a-wing for sure but it doesn't live long <laughs> well it's, uh, yeah well i mean that's also interesting because if you look behind it what does that look like to you so you got to slow it down obviously because the shot fades into something else immediately so you really can't tell um it looks like a star destroyer to me but it's the star destroyer falling well i don't know i i mean you can't really infer that from this but uh, I see a Star Destroyer, and that makes me think of Return of the Jedi, again, because of the A-Wing that sacrificed itself at the end of that battle. But it also looks like it's within the atmosphere, though, which reminds me of Jedha. You don't see, like, that was, I think that was, like, the first time in the movies that we got to see a Star Destroyer in atmosphere, which is interesting. Um, oh, and then we fade into a shot. It looked like some older hands. I'd have to assume Leia's hands. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we've made assumptions about hands in the past and been quite wrong. Yes. The handing of the lightsaber in Force Awakens. We Amazing how much we remember from the trailers that never ended up in the film. You know, like we spent so much time on those trailers. Right. As we're spending now. We have a medallion in old hands here. Uh, I don't want to offend the hands that they are. Maybe they're not old hands. Maybe just, you know. But it looked like nice nails. Um, it, what is that? Is, is that the Kaladar Crescent? Man, I don't know. It doesn't jump out to me. The the award scene. I don't know. It's the only medallion I know in Star Wars. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, okay, so it is not the Kaladar Crescent. The Kaladar Crescent looks a little bit different. Similar in the sense that it is a circle 
um, with other circles near it, but it doesn't look like it. I couldn't tell you what that is. And if you can't identify it, then I don't know. I don't know what nerd will be able to, if you can't identify it for us, Jacob. I don't know, man. Actually, it, I think that's it. You I'm think it's send, from the... Yep. I think you're right, dude. You nailed it. That was it. Yeah. So, okay. So they're, so they're holding the Star Wars. So the medallion from the end of A New Hope is what it is. Wow. I was right about something. I mean, what other medals <laughs> have been in Star Wars? You know, it's like seeing yeah. the dice in Solo or whatever, you know, it's like, why is this important again? You know? Well, this is, this is fun. I mean, it's just another one of those little, um, physical tokens of somebody's past in Star Wars. It was the dice before it's the metal. Now it's sort of a, a little thing that we can do to remember the characters that maybe left us in the movie prior. Whose metal do you think it is though? There were two of them. Well, did Chewbacca get one? No, Chewbacca didn't get one. That's the that's the whole scandal, right? I don't know. I think it's Luke's. Here's a colorblind question. I'm colorblind, and I'm sending you a picture right now. Can you tell me what color the the band is? I guess the 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 fabric is around his neck in that shot, because I can't tell. Are you, you're asking what color the the band like the band is that he's wearing? Yeah, are they both it's, the same color? Yes, they are. They're both. It's like an army green. Okay, I thought it was red. That's fine though. We know that about me. I don't see colors well. That's why I had to check. So it's like a green thing and, and the same with the still in the movie. You can't really see it. You can see the fabric right at the very top, right where her right it's thumb is. It's the same is. color, yeah. Okay, thank you. This is something I never would have been able to figure out. So thank you for that. So that is the thing they were given. Um, and then we move into a shot of, it looks like Daisy Ridley and Leia embracing. Uh, very strategic over-the-shoulder shots. So you can only show one character's face at the same time. Although JJ said that they're not CGing Leia. I, I'm not too concerned about it. They can only do what they can do. And if they're, you know, if they're promising not to do any CGI, that's, you know, I think that's for the best. So whatever they're able to do with it is what they're able to do with it. And it's unfurtunate, but there's really nothing that can be done. Tearjerker of a little shot though, though. Yeah, yeah, oh like, yeah, for right sure. Away. Cut to a shot of our, of the whole crew, everybody, including that weird new droid, the birdie droid that I'm calling it now. Um, we got Chewbacca in the background, really nice shot. I feel like this is something that is, it's like a nice desktop background. Once we get a high res of it, just like the entire team, like the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy team. Uh, we're missing a little bit of voiceover here. Oh shoot. All right. Well, let's back it up. As it fades from the Leia scene to this nice cast shot, you get, we'll always be with you. God, this is the, this this is what destroyed me when I watched yeah. this for the first time. I've never been gotten so good by a trailer before, because I was looking at the scene and and whatever the stream was online, I was watching it wasn't that great. And watching it now in this version that you've got for me here, it's much better. But like seeing, I was looking at it, I'm like those mountains look a lot like a Death Star, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we've got the husk of a Death Star. We got the dish. I can see the trench. Are we talking about? death star one or death star two here because i can't tell because death star two is massive compared to death star one i don't know i mean you don't see like a whole lot of it here yeah it makes me think this is death star two we talked about it on podcasm a little bit but i played that video game at dave and busters um and one of the final missions of that game is uh the the vader mission where you're flying to recover a piece of the death star like the the super laser that was trying to be stolen uh, by the rebellion after the first Death Star blows up. So, I mean, obviously the video game is not canonical by any means, but they've hinted that pieces of the Death Star have remained intact or not intact, but just like pieces have fallen elsewhere. So what planet is this? Do you think 
That's a good question because this was originally was this Death Star Two was above Endor, wasn't it? Of the Forest Moon. Oh, this is this. They just had this debate recently on Twitter, which is just a hellscape. But I think Pablo Hidalgo threw his hat in and was talking about like the Forest Moon of Endor, or is it, is it the planet of Endor or the Forest Moon of Endor? Well, I I always thought of it as like Endor being classified as a forest moon, but it, it like it's a moon because it goes around another. Uh, another galactic body but is that planet endor or is it the forest moon that circles around endor or is it the forest moon of endor that circles around another body that's it's it's both it is a small forested moon that orbited the outer rim planet of the same name that's a way to get out of it yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, it's the same yeah that's a really good way i appreciate the story group's work on that yeah and now the the forest moon it uh at least in like the shots that we get in the movie like there is forest but there's also ocean so it could be that this is the forest moon of endor it could also be maybe another planet in the system this ties into the original idea for episode seven like one of the first treatments that was written for episode seven involved uh luke and others exploring the underwater remains of the death star that's amazing. I didn't know that. So it's it's cool that we're actually kind of like revisiting that. I love the idea. I've always loved the, I, I love underwater science fiction. Like it's, it's probably one of my all time favorite subgenres. Um, movies like the cave, the descent, you know, any, any, the abyss for sure. Like anything the underwater. Subterranean stuff. I love that stuff. I, it's probably cause I'm claustrophobic and it scares me more than anything. Um, and I love that thrill, but I have always loved the idea of, you know, these gigantic spacecrafts that are, you know, they're, they're supposed to be in space. Occasionally, as we see, you, know, you can see them in the atmosphere, but that's not where they're meant to be. It's not what they're designed for. For them to be underwater, it's like the absolute opposite place of, of where these ships are destined and built to go. So the idea of like an underwater graveyard of of ships kind of mixing science fiction with uh maybe like pirate lore you know i there's so much there that i love like treasure hunters digging into old ships kind of like ray did in the force awakens but underwater i just that sort of mythology to me is super super interesting and i love that we're going there i i mean i don't know that they're going to be doing any scuba adventures in this movie it doesn't seem like they're really going to have the time but ah i love the thought how angry will everybody be though if this is an active death star like there's like i know the shot we see the dish there <laughs> but like what if beyond that dish there's like a super laser getting ready to shoot and they're like and, and one more time we got to blow up the death star again if we blow this death star up that will be crazy that will be insane if somebody has to blow this death star up again it's already blown up it's well, really though not what going th- anywhere what do you think they're doing here why why do they need to get to the death star what is it that they could possibly find that's going to help them in bringing down the first order I think the next shot is going to, or the the lack of next shot, I guess, will kind of illustrate that, which is the line, the voiceover we get, as we said before, was... No one's ever really gone. And followed by Blackout, which I thought was initially, before the next thing that happens, happens, I thought it was meant to help me digest what I'd just seen, you know, and... Like, remember last time the blackout at the end of The Force Awakens teaser was like, Chewie, we're home, you know, like that whole thing showing Han. Um, I forget what the one, if there was one at the end. Oh, it was time for the Jedi to end, right? It was just Luke being like, it's time for the Jedi to end. Um, And he went out for milk. And (laughs) 
Like that that was supposed to be the an- like the anvil dropping. And this one the anvil dropping is <laughs> The guy from Thriller. You guessed it. <laughs> man so palpatine dude i lost my mind i don't think did anybody see that coming could anybody no, because have seen that he coming? got thrown into the core of the death star and he exploded and then the death star exploded also so you know what no one saw that coming <laughs> no one not a single person i love it i love it yeah, because it, was... it makes it makes the prequel trilogy so much better it, yes it ties in in the most perfect way like i've heard rumors forever that there are going to be tie-ins to the prequel trilogy with this last movie you know same rumors that would give us the knights of ren as a title but i didn't know what to expect i'm like okay what are they going to tie in like what are they going to bring in from the prequels that you know they feel is important to tie everything up and i and because the prequels are so they're so invested in anakin specifically i wondered if it, it was going to have something more to do with vader like Vader's kind of taking a back seat in this whole new saga with the exception of Kylo's interest in his grandfather. But I didn't know what that meant, but to bring back the original bad guy, the guy who has been orchestrating everything from the very start is so brilliant. And it explains so much that we question in this new saga. We don't know anything yet, of course, but we knew that like Snoke was supposed to be this like ultimate baddie. And he ended up not really being, all that much of a physical threat when it got down to the final fight. So what does this really mean? Was Snoke the second to Palpatine's Sith? Was he just a pawn being controlled by Palpatine in some way? Uh, I, I just can't wait to find out. <laughs> I just want to know so much more. Right. Well, the mission accomplished for this teaser then, you know, like it's just, I think it just puts everything into perspective. Yeah. And I mean, before anybody, you know, t- who hasn't seen this teaser or hasn't, didn't watch the celebration panel thinks that like, oh, this is a weird conjecture. How do you know it's Palpatine? Like, how do you, like, uh, the actor who plays Palpatine. Ian McDiarmid? Yeah. He came out on stage following the reveal of the teaser to a massive applause. He got a microphone and he put the microphone up. He was like, roll it again. <laughs> they played the trailer again for the convention because that was the nicest thing they could think of. Um, so like confirmed it is Palpatine. Like it is like his likeness is going to be in this movie, this phantom menace. You know, we started the entire star Wars saga with the phantom menace and the phantom menace is not just relegated to the prequel trilogy or the original trilogy as he became less of a phantom, but more just of a menace. Like this character is, is, you know, we used to think that Anakin was what tied everything together. We used to think that Luke Skywalker, the Skywalker name, but like this Phantom Menace. It was Sheev the whole time. It was Sheev. Sheev Palpatine. That's his first name. It was Sheev the whole time. Um, and so that's just really, that's just really excellent to me that, that this villain has always been the villain. Um, even in Force Awakens and Last Jedi, whatever force was, was working here. Like, cause I mean, all we know about Snoke, I feel like is just that he went to the outer reaches, like the, he, he found the remnants of the empire in the outer rim, just chilling, which is where a perfect, that, that's where I would go if I was Palpatine and wounded beyond belief. Like that's where I would go. 
um, to go recuperate, just somewhere where I can't be bothered. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, you know, for any Harry Potter fans out there, when Voldemort was initially brought down, I guess, by Baby Harry, he went out into like the Transylvanian wilderness to just stay out of the public, stay out of the eye, like hide out until he finally found Quirrell and that led to, led to the whole thing. So it could be a similar thing here. You know, he, he went somewhere remote, somewhere that he could regroup, uh, possibly regain some sort of power or control over an existing power and then come back. Like Snoke was his shadow, um, his shadow government kind of thing you know like mm-hmm. uh, just a, f- a front and who is meant to be disposed of it eventually it's just brilliant and, well this makes me think more about kylo ren's role in the whole thing so you know kylo like he was grooming like palpatine is once again grooming another apprentice similar to how he tried to get luke to be his new darth vader like his new sith lord apprentice like sidious is always just looking for the next most powerful person well because he more than anybody knows why the rule of two is the rule of two and and why those before him have fallen he took out his master as his master took out the one for him it's kind of like a ongoing thing like you can't have an apprentice until you kill your master and so he's continually and this is true throughout the movies and the comics and the books he's continually trying to find somebody new to take over for his last apprentice so that he can remain in control he wants to be the top dog and you can only do that in the sith as long as you have one apprentice at, one, at a time. Well, it's more than that. He's, he's looking for an apprentice that's worthy. And I feel like he's finally going to find that in Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren is someone who has forsaken all that is good, you know, according to what we saw in The Last Jedi. And there's really nothing left. He tried to kill his mother. He, he's just, he's destroyed the Jedi. You know, he's everything that Palpatine has ever wanted in an apprentice. Somebody worthy who, you know, may try to strike him down later on, but he knows that the Sith will have a good name if if Kylo Ren becomes Darth, whatever. Oh man, we're gonna have like a maybe maybe Kylo Ren actually gets a like a Sith name at the end of this. That'd be cool. I can only hypothesize here, but I would guess that the conflict is going to be Sidious trying to lure Rey, you know, to either Kylo or Rey to be his apprentice. You know, like I assume those are the things that are happening. And obviously, it's it's. I mean, I, I imagine a recreation of return of the jedi the 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 scene like i guess the throne room scene is that a throne room just the the study wherever that takes place that yeah final but battle. didn't we kind of get that in the last jedi um well i mean all these movies are all known for echoing each other you know yeah. in weird ways and i'm sure that some people will roll their eyes but i think it would be awesome to have a final duel between kylo ren and and ray and have palpatine i just need him snoked you know like i need like if if Palpatine gets gone in this one, I need I need to see him get gone in a good way, like just in the same way. Like I mean, but how do you top that? How do you top Snoke getting killed? Like that was, like I wanted to stand up and applaud when that happened in the theater because it was so awesome. And how bold to retcon Palpatine's death? Like this is so bold. They're not ending this on. They're not just tying up threads. Like what they're doing is they're they're saying, okay, we've got all these threads that we've been giving you this whole time. You think that they're that they're probably leading towards this thing or this other thing you're you're theorizing based on the concept that everything here is referential but new when in fact they all tie probably tie into one much larger thread that you thought was already tied up that's bold like there's a reason why they keep doing a super weapon because the empire like because palpatine knows that 
the only way to really control to like to wield ultimate power is to like perceive ultimate power. That's what, like in the comics, like, uh, I love, I love some of the stuff that we're seeing in the comics with Palpatine and Vader and the Vader run, but just like, there's a conspiracy that's going on in kind of like the new hope timeline that, that, that point in time where, you know, Darth Vader is hatching a plan to supplant the emperor with his son, Luke Skywalker. Cause he already knows who Luke Skywalker is. He knows like he finds out shortly after Yavin that Luke exists and he knows all these things. So he puts a plan into effect to get rid of the emperor. Um, and it's a top secret thing that Dr. Afra, um, who's a character that comes up in the comics becomes a part of, so it's just like, it's something that's going on in the background that the Emperor knew he was going to be supplanted by Vader. And so he had to try and lure Luke into these things. It's like, it's all connecting and in a great way. And we see, kind of see in the Vader run uh, that takes place after Revenge of the Sith, where that we see the Emperor kind of just talking about building the super weapon and about how like he needs to present uh, this this image of ultimate power. We see that in the Thrawn comics and the Thrawn storyline of just like ultimate power being in a very important thing to just project that. You can't project any weakness and having a super weapon. It makes sense why they've been doing this all this time. And so the, like you said, the repetition doesn't become repetition for repetition's sake. It becomes repetition for a purpose. I, I can't believe that they're doing it. I'm so excited. I couldn't like, I could barely hold my excitement when I heard him laugh over the end it's so good and oh you know what i feel like we might go might even gloss over this but with the the reveal of the name um you know the the star wars logo comes out and it's the same shade of blue that they used in like the the 90s version of the logo i think when they did like the the vhs re-releases and stuff they've changed the color for every one of the logos for the new saga there was yellow for the force awakens there was red for the last Jedi, and now for the rise of skywalker it's blue and blue kind of brings it all home because the blue blue is is you know it's like it's not the same shade but it's the text in the original star wars it just it just feels like a very um welcoming home homey color for the end of the saga and i think that's cool can we talk meta about this film you know as it's in the very early stages we don't have a lot to talk about but i i kind of just want to talk meta about the production and the goals of this movie and kind of like the the fandom, the fan base perception of it. Yeah. So I think that while I enjoyed The Last Jedi, there is a portion of the Star Wars fan base that did not enjoy it for various reasons, uh, justified and unjustified. Um, so I'm not here to knock anybody's point of view, but I, I feel like this movie is a return to form. Oh man, I feel like that's like a buzzword that's going to be shit on by anybody who shits on star wars conversation but what i just feel like this movie is like from the moment that they said that this is a movie that's going to take place between like the main characters of this franchise like this like all the main characters are going to be united in their adventure in this one i just feel like it's they're trying to win people back i feel like the people that they lost and somebody in my group chat, you know, who also watched the trailer, he commented, he's like, well, I mean, everybody who hated Solo and The Last Jedi are going to love this movie. And even the people that didn't like Force Awakens, I feel like, and I feel like this is very intentional. I mean, it's, it's not a, a head scratcher to be like, wow, the filmmakers want people to like their movie. Like, I feel like it is calculated. And I don't think that this movie is going to take a lot of risks, which is not a bad thing. You know, I don't think Avengers Endgame is going to take a lot of risks. I don't think a lot of the Marvel movies take any risks at all anymore, which is fine. They just make good movies. And I'm totally up for a good movie. 
but I don't think that, that the rise of Skywalker is going to be anything innovative in terms of filmmaking <laughs> or subversive. Maybe subversive is a better word. Cause I mean, I'd last, if you could define last Jedi as, with one word, I feel like subversive would be a good one. Um, that is pretty much a, a consensual word, you know, like it's not a bad word to some people. It is a bad word to other people, but I don't think that, that, you know, the rise of Skywalker will be subversive in any way. I I think you're probably right. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I don't care. I don't, at this point, like, I, I hate to say this because it might sound, it might come off the wrong way, but we're so close to the finish line that we can see it. And I'm, I'm just kind of eager for this story to wrap up so I can enjoy it as a whole, you know, because for the last two movies, a movie comes out and I can enjoy it for what it is in itself. Um, I can have problems with it in itself, but I'm always looking forward to the next thing because the storyline's not done. We don't know how things are going to tie up, how everything really plays into each other, um, how things set up in the first movie resolve, how things in the second movie resolve. So once we have this full thing, I'm looking forward to enjoying the entire saga as a thing. It's very rare that I'll ever watch a single Star Wars movie without watching the two movies that it accompanies in the, in its own trilogy. Like I, I don't really watch a new hope without following that up with two more movies, maybe not in one sitting. Cause that's kind of an all day thing, but I'll usually watch the next two movies over the course of the next week or so, so that I can enjoy the entire thing for what it is. Cause it's, it is one story. It's an arc. And because we have this large saga now that has three arcs, we're getting close. We're getting so close to finishing up the whole thing. And so now with this this movie, whether it's subversive or innovative or, or whatever, it's not only going to tie up this current trilogy that we're enjoying in, in movie theaters in the late 2000s. It's also going to tie up the entire saga, which we've been enjoying for over 40 years. So regardless of whether or not it brings anything new, like crazy new to the universe or or if it just ties up all of the strings that we, you know, that we wanted to, like, I, I'm just eager to see what they give us to see how this entire thing ends. Because I think more than any other movie, even more than the return of star Wars with the force awakens, there's a really big responsibility on the filmmaker's shoulders to make this a memorable and satisfying conclusion to the saga that we've been enjoying for so, so long. You're just excited to finally be able to complete your box set. Yeah, I'll buy a box set for everything. I don't. I don't like to buy the the piecemeal stuff, but I will. Right. Well, that's what I'm excited because I've never bought a DVD in my life or a Blu-ray. So, like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going. This is going to be the box set that I own, and, and then I will pray because I mean there was a box set for one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, like, and that was completed. That was like the Star Wars saga, and uh-huh. now we have these three <laughs> other movies that you have to add to that. So it's really frustrating to be like damn it these things all existed like and you know they never put it out in the same format as before so that you have to buy the new one like they do that in books too um i'm looking at my dan brown saga for like the the robert langdon oh my god books and they're all exactly the same except for angels and demons (laughs) it's like a different size from the rest of them and it's it doesn't match it's so frustrating they probably re-released it though and they tried to make it well, I mean, size-wise, I guess you can't change thickness. Anyway. Yeah, they've definitely re-released them into, into different editions, but the one that I have does not match the other ones that I have. So <laughs> what do I do? Do I go buy <laughs> another used copy of Angels and Demons and replace this one? Maybe. 
Um, but yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. In every sense of the phrase, I'm looking forward to this sort of being over. Like, regardless of any fatigue that I'm starting to feel over Star Wars, I love this series, this saga, this trilogy, however you want to refer to it at this point. I love it. I love the characters. I, for the most part, love the stories. I love the look. I love the feel. It's really enjoyable to watch these movies. And I'll certainly miss looking forward to a new one coming out every two years or so. They still will. We have Ryan Johnson's trilogy. We have... Right. We, we do have aren't, aren't other the Game movies. of Thrones guys doing something? They they were. I don't know if they still are. They'll, they'll still be happening. There's the you Mandalorian. Know, like, like there's, there's a lot of stuff coming out. I'm really looking forward to Mandalorian. There's, there's tons of stuff I'm looking forward to. But as far as the series goes, like I, I'm just, I'm eager to see how it ends because I like endings. I'm, I've always, I think I've, I've probably said that on this show. I've probably said it a million times on podcasts. I'm like, I like endings. I like when something that I enjoy ends well. I don't like when something ends early <laughs> as we've been talking about, about the TV show that you and I really enjoy. But I like when something runs its course and it has a good arc. It rose with Skywalker and it's going to fall with Skywalker in the rise of Skywalker. It's going to be good, dude. I'm excited. Okay. So we talked about the trailer. How do we, how do we progress? We've talked about whether or not we were even going to like watch anything about this movie going into it. And I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I had to watch this teaser. I knew it was coming. I had to watch it going forward though. What are you going to do? Are you going to watch more trailers? Are you going to Nope, I'm nope. done. I'm, I'm tapping out. Yeah, that's it. No, there's I mean, this is how I am. This is how I will always be. Teaser and I'm out. I haven't watched the end game trailers since the teaser. I'm not going to watch another teaser after this. I haven't seen any of those. I I just really excited for this. Like I just think it's going to be the cinematic event of my lifetime. You know, like the like and I'm not talking about like the best movie of my lifetime. I don't want to inflate it this much. But I just think it's going to be so excellent. Like it's going to be like, I'm going to be in a movie theater, hopefully Jordan Furniture up in Reading, Massachusetts, <laughs> um, with my friends watching this movie and just, you know, having some finality to the Star Wars saga and being totally surprised as I was with Last Jedi. Like, Last Jedi, I didn't watch anything and every shot was brand new to me besides the few, the very few that we saw in the teaser for Last Jedi. Like, and that's the way I want to go into this too. I don't want to hear anything about this movie again until... December 24th when I'm walking to the theater or whenever this premieres. Well, you've got what? How many months left? We have eight months left. Eight months. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Eight fully. months until the end. And then a new beginning. And then we'll, we'll be able to make new stories out of Star Wars, which doesn't sound right at all. Like it just sounds like, you know, like oxymoronic, you know, <laughs> can't have new Star Wars stories, but I'm hoping we get original characters, original concepts in the Star Wars universe uh, maybe some more force stuff, maybe some pre 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 prequels, you know, like, like a uh, Knights of the Old Republic style yeah. stuff. I would love something just to be able to see more Sith and Jedi dynamics. Um, I'm still holding my hopes out for, uh, a Star Wars comedy, you know, that's an interesting take though, like the, or an interesting angle for Star Wars, because when we came into the saga that we know, um, I'm talking like the prequels here, like chronologically, in universe we come to basically the beginning of the end of the jedi so really we don't get a whole lot of jedi like we we see a couple of jedi here and there but we don't really know the jedi as like an organization until the very end like the very fall the the pride that comes before the fall so i want to i want to see everything that leads up to that and if that's like the the kotor storyline that'd be really cool oh my gosh i'd love to see that so tonally 
we only we've only seen the trailer but tonally where do you think this stacks up in the the new trilogy how do you think the new context of this new movie with what we've seen in the trailer how will that affect what we've seen in the last two movies i think specifically the last jedi do you mean like undercutting tension with humor do you mean like that i mean in every in every sense of the word tone like i i think that the last jedi was a departure in a lot of ways from what we saw in the force awakens and from what we see in this trailer it kind of feels like this is more in line with the first one which would make sense it is jj abrams who bookended this trilogy but i i i worry that it's going to it's going to put the last jedi even further away from these like i think people who i think a lot of people look at the the last jedi and think that it was it was too different from the force awakens again like i think they're trying to un, not undo a lot of the stuff from the last jedi but to like kind of win back people course correct hate. yeah course correct but i mean what course like they're, they're trying to have a strong finish it's like a gymnast with a strong finish or something like that that's what they're trying to do like they had a, a weird middle not a bad middle but they did some like weird moves in the middle and they just need to like kind of go more traditional route. I think that's really, you're right. Like tonally speaking, it's going to, I think it's going to have a lot of the humor that people didn't like from the last Jedi, but I do think that it's going to be more traditional storytelling, like very much like, I don't I don't know why, but that shot of uh, the entire cast kind of like on that grassy knoll as they approach the, what we assume that they're approaching the Death Star, if those two shots are actually sequential, that reminded me of, like a shot from Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows part two, you know, like darker. just, yeah, just like kind of the movie where, you know, they're just in the wilderness for like three quarters of the movie. It just reminded me of something like that. I don't think that 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 Disney will be brave enough to do something like that. Not that Warner Brothers was brave in making that. But um, <laughs> I don't think that they're going to get as ambitious as putting like four characters out into the wilderness for half of their movie um, with nothing but each other to rely on as actors. And um, I, I think it's just it's going to be more dynamic than that. But I do think it's going to resemble that mood well their their forces have been depleted as the resistance like there are much fewer of them this time around so they've definitely been ramming that in in the comics is that like the people on the falcon are like all that remains unless they can get some more worlds to join them and i think maybe we'll see some of that and there might have been a couple teasers in, even in this trailer that indicate that they still have some people on their side which is cool but the last jedi as anyone who listened to our review knows like wasn't necessarily my favorite star wars film but has grown on me since and even so, I still think that it's a very different Star Wars movie from The Force Awakens. And I have a very strong feeling that it's going to be very different from the way that this series really ends up. So it's interesting. In this trailer, we didn't see Rose at all. We didn't see the new character played by, uh, uh, what's the character's name? Na- Naomi? We only got to hear from her very br- briefly in the celebration panel today. But they, like, there is a new character who apparently is important enough to have been brought up on the panel at celebration this year. So there's still a bunch of characters that we haven't seen in this trailer. That also rubbed me kind of wrong that they didn't put Rose in this trailer. Yeah. Because they did, JJ did such a huge thing, you know, and, and her, her applause during the panel was, was massive and huge, probably more than anybody else. Wow. Because they know the unfair treatment that she's had since last Jedi. And, um, JJ went out of his way to say that she is the best thing that Ryan Johnson did you know, Oof. in Last Jedi. Um, yeah, which is a very backhanded <laughs> compliment. I, I think that if she really meant that much to JJ, she'd probably be in the teaser. I know that, I mean, the, only the main characters ended up in the teaser, but they got Lando in there, you know? So 
whatever role he's playing, if Rose is not playing as big a role as Lando, at least, I mean, I mean, all they needed is like one shot, you know, of like her hugging Leia or something like that, you know, not Daisy Ridley. It doesn't matter though. It's, it's, it's just a teaser. Again, we got to cram that into our brains that it's only a teaser. A lot of this probably could be unused footage. What if they just left out the whole interceptor scene? What if that is just, what if that's just a red herring? That is, that would be funny. I, I like to break down the time timing in a, in a trailer. So like, okay, uh, this whole trailer is about two minutes long, two minutes and three seconds. Corey. And yeah. That's all we got, trailer. man. Uh, we don't get a fir- the first shot of Ray until 10 seconds in. Okay. So you get that 10 seconds and then you see Ray on that planet. And then everything that kind of takes place there where she's like readying herself for that tie interceptor that takes up from 10 seconds to one minute and 10 seconds. One minute of this two minute trailer is just that scene clips from that scene. And then the rest of it is just fit into basically 30 seconds because from 150 to the end of the trailer is the title card. <laughs> it, it's wild. So when I, 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 th- I think I, I look at this more because I always used to do those like gif trailer breakdowns mm-hmm. and it would always be amazing to me how many clips I had to pull when the, really there weren't that many, there's not that no. many sections and, but it would take so long because you gotta like, you've got to get down to the, the exact frame when it starts. Otherwise you miss <laughs> half of the shot and you don't have enough to show. So it, it's, it is crazy how much they can cram into here. They can't put everything in there. It's only two minutes. It's a teaser trailer. It's not a full trailer. So I'm excited. And uh, it's going to be a long, uh, long year. Yeah. At least there's other stuff to keep us preoccupied. You know, maybe not star Wars wise, but, um, well, there is. I mean, there there are Star Wars books coming out. Not that I've been reading a whole lot of them lately, but The Mandalorian is October, right? So, small notes on those. Uh, th- like this was just released in last week, so I guess this is still news. Like, Disney Plus is coming out in November. Um, they have The Mandalorian, which is that John Favreau series that we've been hearing about for so long. It takes place between Jedi and Force Awakens. But then they also have that Cassidy Andor spinoff that I don't think we've talked about yet on the show. No, we haven't talked about much on this show, so it's not saying much. <laughs> but that, I think, is of relevant interest to you because you're a really big fan of Cassian's character in K2 and and whatnot. So are you excited for that? Yes, very much so for K2. That's that's the definite thing. <laughs> cool. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that. That's like when as I knew before they announced all of the different things that are going to be involved in the Disney plus service that I was going to be totally on board. Anything from the Disney vault, star Wars, Marvel, like it's, it's basically everything from my childhood, including the Simpsons. Did you see that? They're putting the Simpsons on Disney plus. Well, Disney owns Fox now. I know it's awesome. That means that means so many possibly good things for the alien trilogy too. Oh yeah. Netflix is poop in their pants right now for sure. I mean, they're about to lose everything not everything that brings them viewers, but like a good, like the majority of their non-original content is about to vaporize. Yeah, it's going to be tough here. Like we we're we're a Netflix family, but I really want Disney Plus. So those are going to be a twofer for sure. Because there, I mean, there's just a lot of shows that I watch on Netflix. Like I I don't know how I'd be able to give it up because a lot of of their original series we watch together here. So we're going to have to keep those, and then we have to keep Hulu because that's where we watch Survivor. Didn't Fox have like a fifty one percent ownership and? In- hulu or something like that so now disney has hulu like it's just i imagine hulu is going to get folded into disney plus and disney will soon rule the world i don't know about that that was one of the big reasons for their for their acquisition it was was they wanted hulu really it wasn't x-men i'll tell you that much oh my gosh yeah they own 60 percent now i thought i thought the uh, nbc was a majority holder but i guess i was wrong 
Nope. Dang. Yep. Well, I don't think they're going to be folding in Hulu, but it would be cool if they did like a some sort of deal where you could get a discount on Hulu if you got Disney Plus. Dude, Disney's just going to own everything soon. It's not surprising. They're going to have like a, they're going to be a cable network eventually, and they're going to split up all their content over different various streaming services and you get an a la carte thing you get the disney you get the marvel you get the everything they're just going to build their own cable package this is maybe like five or ten years out but it's going to happen well we're doomed if they have everything i want and it's not too expensive then i'm all in it's going to be as expensive as cable was you know so all this cord cutting that people did just a different cord well on that happy note our website banthafodder.fm slash episode slash 31 is where all our show notes for this episode are going to be. What's going to be in there, Jacob? Any gifts this year? Probably no gifts. Gifts take up a lot of... They're, they're very heavy, those gifts. Um, yeah, that's Take true. a lot of space. I don't think I'm going to be doing a trailer breakdown for this. It just... It takes up too much time and too much bandwidth on my blog, so... This was our trailer breakdown. It's fine. You don't have to go anymore into it. Apart from that, we'll have links to all the, the relevant news and things of interest from Celebration that pertain to the trailer in episode nine thanks for listening we'll catch you next time bye i thought we were going to stop talking about how often we we publish podcasts fine